Hello folks, you are listening to Rewriting Our Future, A Mind Control Exodus, with me, Paul Henning. Join us on our journey as we explore and actively work to deprogram ourselves from the forces in the world that socially engineer our lives. Are the politicians, doctors, scientific experts, and news anchors telling us the truth? Is school, pop culture, social media, and television programming supporting the development of our highest consciousness, healthiest bodies, and most sovereign selves? The more we research and listen to our intuition, the more we find that this answer is a loud and resounding no. And so, we are rewriting our future to opt out of the mind control these forces tirelessly aim to manipulate and coerce us with. Welcome to the show, where we are all figuring this out together. All right, everybody, I'm really excited about today's episode. Today I speak with Becca Dickens, a regenerative farmer and energy healer who uses her time to increase her community health spiritually and in body through the farm work that she does on her incredible piece of land. I'm really excited about this episode because Becca is a real living example of what we could all do when we reject some of the parts of the matrix to poison us and use that time instead for healing and intuition. Thanks. I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Rewriting Our Future, a Mind Control Exodus, a podcast with me, Paul. This is uh, my first episode with a real life guest from the internet, um, from my life. And so I'm really excited to be here, um, learning all the tech stuff that this takes and to connect with someone across the internet we use our zoom and all this um for work nowadays it's such a normal part of life but i realized that doing it with intention and with on uh, one-on-one with my responsibilities not for my job or anything it it definitely was a, a confidence building exercise so far and we've only just hit record 10 seconds ago um so Let me introduce my guest. Becca Dickens is co-owner of Regenerative Life Farm in Finlay, Finlay, Illinois, selling over 20 different vegetables and eggs from their 330 chickens at local farmers markets and grocers. She is an energy healer, offering sessions where she reads energy and helps people shift blockages and move forward on their true paths. Becca believes that food is medicine and building the future we want to start, building the future we want starts with healing ourselves. Thank you, Becca. Thank you for having me, Paul. I'm so happy to be here. I have been listening to your podcast, and I really believe in what you're doing, and I'm thrilled to get to be part of uh, supporting you in doing that. Well, thank you so much. Um, Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on, especially at the beginning. You know, I think that your your bio really sums up a lot of why I even started this podcast and what it means to me to uh, to try to move forward in the world with certain intentions. You know, and um, so the fact that you have a farm that you sell into your community that you're pouring your heart and energy into, and that you do. Um, these incredible energy readings, it really, I think I couldn't have imagined a better person to help set the tone and the stage for uh, what kind of mindfulness and 
energy I want to spend not only with this show moving forward, but with my intention in life. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for the work you do. So Becca and I met because we work at the same place and we're in a gardening channel and I posted something about an event I went to in Mexico called the greater reset, which is like an antidote people's reset to the great reset. And I was like, well, this is kind of a corporate world. I'm not sure if I should be sharing these kinds of things. Um, but I tried it anyway. I said, I just made a simple post that said, here's the link. We're going to this event. And I uh, just added a couple notes in there. Like, you know, is this anybody here farm? Not just for the hobby aspect, but for the sake of the future of humanity based on what's rolling <laughs> down, you know? And, um, and basically Becca was really the only person that responded. She DM'd me and was like, Hey Paul, what's up? Um, I hear you over there. And, uh, so then we started to get to know each other a little bit through talking online at work. Cause I live in Virginia. And so we don't live in the same place. And then a couple days ago, I had an energy reading from Becca. It was about a half hour long, which you guys can get off of her website. And I was sitting in the car in a truck stop in Alabama because we were on the road. And I had um, an incredible, incredible experience with you doing that. Um, I told my wife all about it for the next hour we were driving. And it was really... It was a really powerful experience. I, I didn't know what to expect, um, but I was really grateful that I had it. Um, well, so I was interested if, you, uh, if you'd like to tell us a little bit about your farm. Yeah, I would love to. Uh, it started, I met my amazing partner. His name is Jared. And um, we were introduced uh, five years ago on June 6th. So this is our, our five-year anniversary. Um, I was a nutritional mm. therapist at the time, or just going to school to be a nutritional therapist, just really starting my journey with uh, food as medicine. Uh, Jared was an amateur gardener. And um, I had a friend who I met in yoga class. I had recently moved back to this small town. I lived in a city worked in the corporate world, but I had had a major life awakening. I moved back to my small town that I grew up in, in Illinois, and uh, basically was just going to start my life over as a nutritional therapist. I met a friend in the only yoga class in like a 50 mile radius. And um, I just was talking her ear off because she was the only person who had listened to me about food as medicine and all the things I was obsessed with in my awakening. And uh, she finally, I think she was like, I, I know one other person who is as obsessive and weird as Becca, and that's my cousin, Jared. And so she took me to his garden mm. and introduced us. And um, me and Jared are, don't have very much in common. He's a lot younger than I am. He, I was not looking for any kind of romance or anything. She wasn't trying to fix us up. I think yeah. she just thought these two people should talk to each other. Um, we literally stood in Jared's garden and talked for two hours staring at each other, just both of us aflame wow. with the, like we, I think wow. we both knew immediately. We're both really serious people. Yeah. And so it, we pretty much talked about, I said, you got to start selling vegetables. You should be selling. He was just 
growing in his garden for friends and family and trying to learn how to farm regeneratively. We talked about it. Um, mm. We started, became a couple very quickly. We uh, started selling vegetables that summer. And uh, by the next summer, we had um, going to farmer's markets and going on a bigger scale. And then the next summer, uh, we got chickens. And now we got 330 chickens. Um, we really want to be in the uh, selling food business, but uh, selling eggs Yum. is a little bit easier sell around here than getting people, everybody For eats sure. eggs, a little bit easier than getting people to eat vegetables. And so um, it yep. is you know, a good profit, profit for us. We have like doubled how much we made every year, but uh, I still have to have a wow. day job. Jared was able to quit his job and gardens full time. And we've got uh, three part-time wow. uh, workers this summer. So we, yeah, we sell over wow. 20 different vegetables. Um, we, again, getting more, more and more customers. It is a very hard sell in this community. We live in a food desert. Uh, almost everyone shops for their food and everything else at Walmart. Um, people mm, are very sick, yeah. very overweight, very much processed food. Uh, I had a, an experience at a farmer's market I went to that was on a town square in this little town near me. Um, and I would sit up on the square uh, with my little table of uh, lettuce and uh, spinach and some turnips and beets. And um, there was a fast food Chinese restaurant kind of catty corner to where I was. Mm. And I watched people all just car after car after car going in and grabbing that processed food. Um, and and their yeah. eyes didn't even see me over there with fresh, fresh vegetables. I would just sit out there with my lettuce wilting. It was very disheartening. Um, hmm. And so I found farmer's markets that are better attended. That one was pretty lame. Um, but yeah, Jared is a genius <laughs> and he has learned so much about regenerative farming. Hmm. We do no tilling. Uh, we're planting into deep compost. Uh, we use no chemicals. Um, we have a goal to get, um, well, the situation in Illinois and probably your States as well. Uh, this is a huge corn and soybean farming community that we live in. But 95% mm. of the food that is eaten in Illinois comes from outside of Illinois, most likely from outside of mm. the United States. Um, you know, maybe it's grown in mm -hmm. one place, processed in a different place, you know, shipped around the world before it finally right. makes it back to us in the form of hamburgers or, or um, Pop-Tarts or something. Um, and so people don't eat the food that's grown here. Sure. They talk about like, if the world falls apart, mm -hmm. we'll be okay. Cause people know how to farm around here. They don't know how to farm around here. They know how to, uh, buy seeds from a giant corporation, buy soil amendments from a giant corporation and drive their humongous tractors, um, in air, an air conditioned tractor to put all of those uh, chemicals into the soil and destroy the soil. And so, uh, that, that ain't food. Yeah. Um, the most of the corn and soybeans, 30 to 40% of it goes to grow, uh, to make ethanol. So the way that we're um, feeding the world wow. with this kind of farming is uh, like putting fuel in people's cars to drive to McDonald's and go through the drive through I mean, that is how, or maybe it's going to feed, yeah. uh, feed the cows that are um, living in slavery and in, a, in, in torture mm -hmm. um, and then uh, being turned into hamburger.
but that that's what the food that's grown here is and so yeah we are farming uh amazing uh things that i've learned about controlling pests we don't use any pesticide the suffix aside means murder so uh homicide means uh, man Mm -hmm. murder pesticide means pest murder why would you put something that kills onto your soil uh why would you spray poison people um wear masks when they put glyphosate on the fields and they tell everyone like don't go out there right today we just sprayed today don't go out there don't go out there to your food because we just put poison on it today it'll be okay in a couple weeks but Um, but feed it to your kids next week though yes feed it to your kids and so um we have a goal a very uh bold goal that 50 percent of the food eaten in our school district could be grown in our school district and i don't know if i'll see that in my lifetime but why not try um we love to do programs with school children we just had a little um they're called the clover buds it's like prior to 4-h club for little kids like eight to ten years old Mm -hmm. um came to the farm we let them uh go in the gardens they all pulled carrots and ate a carrot just brushed the dirt off Hmm. of it and ate it right there um sometimes little kids have said to me at farmers markets what's this stuff on top of the carrot They've never seen carrot greens before. Like, what's that hmm. green stuff on top of the carrot? Um, Whoa. Like, how'd you put so, that there? <laughs> so to see little kids' eyes light up, uh, sometimes when they get discouraged, I think the pa- their parents, it's no use. Uh, we just got to go to the kids. Um, I think most of the people in our community think that what we're doing is kind of cute. Um, that's cool. It's a little farmer's market and they like to grow vegetables, um, but they don't see the point. Like why go to all that work when you can just go to the Mm. store and buy a bag of salad? Um, Mm -hmm. we wrote a column for a free local newspaper for a couple of years. And all of those columns are on our website. And that tells a lot about our philosophy of farming. Um, We were writing that column all through COVID. So we did try to sneak in a little bit of our philosophy without getting run out of town on a rail for being um, conspiracy theorists. But, you know, we're talking right. about the food, the food supply system. I mean, it's crazy. Like, uh, I feel very lucky that I met Jared and I learned how to farm and that I live in a place with where almost all the food that I eat today is um, either grown right here. Most of it is vegetables grown right here and eggs. I eat vegetables and eggs primarily. Um, all the meat that I eat, I know who killed it and know how the animal lived. It's mostly venison. If I do eat, we eat very little meat, um, but lots of eggs and, uh, I make bread. Um, it's a beautiful life. It's extremely, uh, difficult, hard work, but, um, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have it any other way. I feel healthier. I haven't had um, any pharmaceuticals, not even an aspirin, since about 2016. I haven't watched TV since wow. uh, the, pres- the presidential election of 2016. I don't go on social media except a tiny bit on wow. Facebook to promote my uh, farm and pr- try to promote my energy healing, but very little. So um, as I cut those things out, I don't eat any sugar. I don't eat any processed food. Um, I just feel like my clarity has increased with um, each of those poisons that I got out of my life. Um, 
and with that clarity uh, comes a lot of a challenge, um, a, a call to me to become a better person. Uh, something I resonated with you, Paul, is um, how much you are willing to mm -hmm. face your shadow and to face the, the dark parts of your past and things that you've believed and that you're willing to change what you believe. I had to change so many of my beliefs that I had my whole life. Um, with with clarity comes that responsibility um, to really, really strive to be better. Yeah. I'm talking too much. I uh no, no, you you're not talking too much. That was um, that was incredible. It's quite the uh, it's quite the story. I have a lot of questions. Um, so, is the land that y'all farm on the same land that Jared had when you met? Yes, Jared um, inherited the land from his dad. Um, cool. It had been in his dad's family. Um, the part that is the garden and the, the house that we live in um, is owned by Jared mm -hmm. and his uh, mom and sister own the big pasture where we uh, move the chickens to fresh pasture every single day. We have two cows that just had two babies. And so they also live in the pasture um, and the pasture is owned by Jared's mom and sister. They had been, this is an exciting story. They had been leasing it for years to uh, corn and soybean farmers so um, when I moved in here five years ago, it was uh, rotated. One year it would be corn and the next year soybeans in this about 12 acre pasture. And um, wow. we, we just leased it from them instead of uh, then leasing it to a farmer at, for a very good price. And um, we planted rye on it, planted clover, just cover crops and uh, sure. have seen it every year start with just bare earth. You know, the first year, the dandelions come first. Dandelions mm -hmm. work so hard. They are the first plants to come and try to build up the soil that is the most depleted and the most dead. And mm -hmm. the dandelions came the first mm -hmm. year. And then some some different weeds came the second year, along with the rye and the clover and the vetch uh, that we sowed. Jared went out there, hand-sowed uh, the seeds on this 12-acre pasture. It is a beautiful, like, knee-high grasses a beautiful pasture now just wow. wild and wild flowers and um beautiful mature weeds and the cows it supports them so that we never have to feed them it's you know the chickens move there and eat bugs and uh it only took yeah. five years like since i've been here that's how long it takes to recover um it seems like it's going to take forever but it really doesn't yeah the earth wants to be in a state of peace i suppose and it gets itself <laughs> back i'm on your i don't know if i you can see but i've got your farm pulled up here on a screen share i do see there's some of the clover buds the kids that I we hope just it's had working. in the garden yeah yeah well thank you for showing them. yeah it's beautiful it's a beautiful place <laughs> look at that chicken tractor <laughs> i mean that is serious that's like bigger than my shed my shed out back um are that your chickens all look to be like a similar a similar uh yeah, breed as well. Um, cinnamon queens. We buy them from. There's an Amish community mm. nearby, and we buy the. Um, they're called point of lays, so they're just young chickens who are getting ready to start um, laying eggs, and so we get them from that age and get to feed them, um, you know, non-GMO feed and plus mostly pasture stuff um, from the time. They're they're young. We hope to get a brooder and start making our own chickens. 
breeding our own chickens uh, mm-hmm. soon. But yeah, then you'll be like out of control. Then you're gonna you're gonna have like thousands <laughs> of chickens, and uh, I know it's gonna be awesome. You know, it's it's really remarkable that y'all are taking so much responsibility for not only your own food and your land, but for your community as well. You know, I mean, people will, like you said, line up all day for they'll wait in line at fast food restaurants and instead of buying fresh food. Um, And that is quite disconcerting. Um, But these, you know, I think about my own, like lengthy ignorance in my life and I, if it if it wasn't for people like you that are there with a presence in the in the background you know that uh presence can, can never have come to the foreground you know and so i think that it's it's planting seeds uh pun intended for the the future of people you know and i just want to imagine as like a storyteller that there's a child in the back seat that waits in the line for Wendy's every day or the Chinese restaurant. And he looks at the lady out there with her greens, you know, um, and that can be a powerful uh, bit of um, mindfulness, even if it's just like, you know, unconscious or periphery or whatever. Um, it's so important. And, you know, with, I try not to sound like so many people, but with the way the world is going or however we imagine the, the things might be, um, the wisdom that you and your partner are collecting is going to be, you know, the most valuable thing in the world. And not just like for a financial gain, hopefully, of course, um, but for a community, you know, like that is what makes a wise person or a wise elder in the in the coming decades or whatever as all this continues to unravel and um and you're so funny the point you made about your neighbors being like look we're surrounded by farmers we're gonna be fine and it's like well actually (laughs) people in los angeles have dibs on that food way before you do like we're gonna ship that um far away yeah Uh, and so yeah it's so besides the um yeah i feel i feel like i have I'm the richest person I know because of the abundance of good food that I have, but also the, the freedom that I have um, just to imagine that I was reliant on uh, trucks showing up for me to have food. I mean, the toilet paper panic of early COVID just shows Mm -hmm. us that like one, the supply chain is so fragile at so many points. And if the food stops, like really, what do you do? And then add to that the pharmaceuticals, um, I would say people my age, I'm in my 50s, a lot of almost everyone in my in the 50s is on at least statins and um, psych meds. And I would say most people you, your age are probably on some psych meds at this point. And and who knows what else? Thyroid yep. replacement, definitely hormone, um, yep. hormonal birth control for the women. And so um, what happens yep. when, when that stops, they own you, like you will do anything to get that. Cause you're mm-hmm. not going to be okay without that drug. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, th- they own you if you're, if you're relying on them for food. Uh, it's, a, it's a scary, it's yeah. a scary position it's, and I'm it, just free. 
Yeah, it's incredible. You know, I feel that ownership myself when my uh, when my phone's dead. I'm just like, oh, God, <laughs> I don't have what am I going to do? It's like, OK, OK, take it easy, you know. Um, but yeah, it's so true. And the people don't realize, you know, uh, the dependency. And I think a lot of people would want to say, like, you know, nothing's going to happen. Like, what if we live in the same way we're living now for the next 500 years, you know? But the the point is that when you started to disconnect from the systems in place that some would say, like, you're unslaving yourself, you know, and that's a dramatic term, the word slave for some people, but depending on what the percentage of you that needs to belong, that, that gets taken or in control of someone else, we can talk about the slavery thing. But as you unslave yourself, from the systems, you find, like you said, more autonomy and sovereignty and healthfulness and spirituality, I imagine, you know. And so it's not just like you, we should all garden in case the collapse comes. Like we should all garden to save our our soul, right? Yeah. And to yeah. find something to do that is not connected to what some call the matrix, you know, I heard uh, some women the other day I was listening to, they were putting it, uh, where was that? It was saying that anything that, like, it was a real easy definition of the matrix. It was like anything that is, like, legal. Like, you know, my credit card, the matrix. Uh, my driver's license, the matrix. My, 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 my cell phone, the computer, my if my job comes from not me doing something directly with somebody else. Um, service or product for cash or even beyond cash matrix, you know? And so um, it's been so easy for me to consider my life in this term. It's like, well, what am I going to do with my free time? Is it going to be matrix related or not? <laughs> am I going to further the my neuroplasticity to require Netflix more? Or am I going to go outside and yeah. chop wood? Um, or am I just going to go for a walk? Or... Uh, you know, chase my cat around or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's really cool. And, uh, you know, one of the questions I had for you was what does regenerative farming mean? But it sounds like you touched on it. And my assumption is that it means, like you said, that you don't use pesticides, you're no-till. And I imagine obviously crop rotation, but what else, how else would you describe it? It really is the regeneration part is about a focus on the soil that the soil is the key. Um, it's, you know, organic farming, it's kind of the same thing as that, but that term got co-opted and now it's just really a sticker. That mm -hmm. means you can charge more for the food and it's very um, difficult mm -hmm. to get certified. So a different community has started calling it regenerative farming, but it focuses on the soil. And our motto is regenerating mm -hmm. the soil, um, our community and ourselves because uh, just as you can mm. build up the soil to make it stronger, the soil is the immune system of the plants. If you have really healthy soil, the plants have a natural resistance to bugs and disease. Mm -hmm. um, just like our gut is mm. the immune system, the microbiome of our gut is really the source of our immune system. And if that's healthy, then we'll be able to stay healthy and be in Right. Uh, communion with our environment instead of at war with it and so so regenerative yeah. farming is about yeah not tilling because there's this vast network of mycelium in the soil an intelligent network that is literally like the internet 
of all these strands of uh, plant matter and mushroom stuff that is growing and it communicates, the soil communicates, it carries messages between the plants. It's amazing network. And so of course, when you till, you're just breaking all the, all the connections, all the communication, all the wisdom mm -hmm. that um, is living in the soil. So regenerative farming, it just, um, yeah, yeah, restoring the soil, make it, make it stronger, completely focused um, mm -hmm. on that. And the rest of it um, just happens with, very, you know, we do very little weeding, very little, no pest control really. Um, and uh, yeah. harvesting and, and planting is, is the work of the garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's so beautiful and so important. The connection with the soil and the soul. I, one time, I was somebody made that connection to me. Those words aren't, um, <laughs> yeah. they're not like homophones. For uh, on, it's not a coincidence that those words sound and spell the same. Actually, nearly. Um, and so that's that's really cool. It's funny, you know. You said five years, and if I think about, I, I used to think five years and think, man, that's a long time, you know. But you know, any like investment we make with our money and our retirement plan or waiting on a housing market or, you know, our education, you know, all these things are in five-year chunks at least. And so it's like, well, if uh, a, pr a previous version of myself would have been like, well, that just seems so forever to try to repair your soil over a period of a decade. Um, but now I can just see that that's, it's incredible. It's actually so fast for how much time yeah. the soil might've been neglected or damaged or abused. It, it wants to come back to uh, a, a natural order, like just natural order. And so, um, and the, every year your, your, your knowledge increases and your experience, and then the land gets stronger. And then, so it's like, boom, 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 like probably exponential, you know? Um, Definitely. And it's really amazing. We sell microgreens at the farmer's market. And it, it, we got them in our room back there. So we have four acres here and we recently got back from a, we've been here one year and we tried to, we've, we've done um, a bunch of raised beds. So our soil is, is no good. Well, okay. Maybe that's a disrespectful way to speak <laughs> about the soil. Our soil is not currently adapted to our needs um, based on where we are. And is, we're on a, a super serious slope. And we're at like our four acres is like 95% covered in mature oak leaves that when we bought the place, they were not leafed out. And so we weren't really aware of the, the sunlight issue. And so we, we hit, we're like, we got four acres on a well, we're hitting the ground running, you know? And then um, I have spent most of my time cutting trees down and bucking them and turning them into firewood to gain 10 minutes at a time of light and bringing in soil and building raised beds you know, 30 square feet at a time. Um, and then we drive around downtown and we see people with suburban lawns. And I'm just like, God, I could, the <laughs> amount of work that I did to get tiny raised beds out here on my four acres. Um, but we, we continue to stay grateful for it, obviously, but it, it's, um, it's been proving a lot more challenging than we had anticipated because we just didn't know that much but this year we learned a lot um and so my wife planted a bunch of mushroom spores in the woods in some logs and we decided that we were going to do microgreens and so which are literally indoors 
And so for the since the season started a few months ago, we've been at the farmer's market every Saturday selling microgreens, uh, $3 an ounce. And it basically just pays for the supplies at this moment. But I have, um, every time I go to the farmer's market and I stand on the other side of the booth for the first chapter of my whole life, I am just consumed with uh, gratitude and the whatever the opposite of fear is. Because I watch all my truthers on my phone and I get on my YouTube and I listen to my podcast about the World Economic Forum when I'm chopping wood or doing the dishes or whatever. And then I go to the farmer's market and everyone is just growing food and talking about growing food. And they are just a wealth of knowledge and everybody praises us even though our thing takes like 10 minutes a day to maintain um and i just i don't ever want to not sell something at the farmer's market again even (laughs) if i'm not selling produce because that environment of those people um, is just so so incredible um yeah we're learning a lot I, you got the bug. I know that uh, the farmer's market that we go to is well established now. And like we go on Friday mornings. Um, so last week we sold like 30 heads of lettuce, um, about 20 bunches of carrots. So it's at scale. It's a, wow. When you look at that, it's a lot. It was, uh, I think, about um, $400 mm-hmm. worth of sales of uh, just vegetables. And yeah, just like you said, people are almost everyone's, every customer says, thank you for what you're doing. Um, That's the great thing about those customers. Mm -hmm. They're self-selected. It's the same thing about people who come onto the farm. We have two markets a week on the farm and, um, you know, nobody would bother coming here if they weren't into what we were doing. And so it's a, it's a Mm self-selecting customer base and, um, yeah, they're just, lo- they're wonderful. And uh, to see people's eyes light up and uh, I give out recipes. Sometimes I get out a little hot plate and do yeah. like cooking demonstrations, like to show people how to saute bok choy mm. or something. Um, I give out mm. free samples yeah, of weird, good. weird stuff that people wouldn't normally eat, like roasted beets. I make them really delicious and uh, get people eating beets and, mm. and then give them recipes and yeah, get it's exciting. Yeah, it sounds it sounds amazing. Um, so many good services there, and so much potential for growth as well. Like cooking classes. I mean, people pay. You know, I just I really appreciate that your uh, your your platform, or not your plan, but your brand is open to so much. You know, it's not just like here buy this off of the shelf. It's like no, come and we can uh, and we can show you how to do all of it, you know, even how to cook it, because that's a part that, you know, a lot of people have trouble with. So you mentioned that you had an idea for 50% of your community to be eating food grown in the community. Um, Have you ever heard of this guy named Jim Gale? Yeah, that name sounds familiar, but I don't, I don't know why. He has a, he has a program that's called food forest abundance um Mm, yeah and it's really cool it uh yeah 
We met him once at one of those uh, Greater Reset events. His website, I'm looking at it now, it's different than what I remember, so I'm not going to open it because I don't want to give the bad information. But this guy's idea, he has this thing where he's like, he was a million. He was a millionaire. He started a mortgage company, and he just made incredible money, giving people money, people money for to buy houses, which just shows how much of a horrible scam that is for all of us on the other end. And then by the time he was like thirty five, he was like on yachts, just like retired with his feet up. And instead of just uh, degenerating himself and his bloodline, he read books because he could only have so many martinis on a yacht or whatever. And then he just got super into the history of money. And he realized what was happening, and he deter- and then he determined that food was the only thing that mattered. And so he came back into the world, um, to and he's he basically has this program where he will, uh, if you pay him, you send him a map of your house and some videos and the GPS and all this, and they pay you, and they they basically give you a permaculture design for your property based on your needs, where all your plants are going to go, and all this, and. Um, they'll even get people to come implement it and, uh, and you know, for money or obviously, or you do it yourself. Um, but one of his things that I heard was he was like, you know, if, if every public school had a garden, yeah, there would be like no need for, for fast food. Like, I mean, that's it, you know? Um, and it's cool because you're like the second person that I've heard that is, doing something on behalf of the really feeding the community like that um taking it as your own personal responsibility you know um and not just as like a for-profit thing uh but like for the sake of the food um so it's really cool the school we have the yeah plans if we could get anybody at the school district interested in it yeah, just to have a garden at the school and then have um, an idea that's kind of like a food hub at the school. So a bunch of little farms around like ours um, could be aggregated and sold at the school. So it gives the kids, they could either garden or there could be some of them who like drive around to the farms, the high school kids drive around to the little farms and collect mm-hmm. all the vegetables. And then some of them could sell them at a little farm store and sell the produce. Other of them could, yeah. you know, process and cook them to feed the school. Um, so there's a lot of, yeah, it could really give the kids there's, something to do, yeah. a future stuff to learn um, and feed mm-hmm. them instead of the, you know, Illinois um, recently had a law that the um, schools by law had to accept the lowest bid for the um, school lunches. So they even if they oh had the money to spend more, that they, they were it recently got overturned. But yeah, they were required by law to get the the cheapest food um, available for the children. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that doesn't talk about not investing in future generations. It's like if that's how they feel about food, I wonder what how they bid on the quality of the education. You know, um, that's right. it's really sad. Um, so I, okay. So you're like increasing your community farm at an incredible rate. And I have a couple years of half-ass home gardening experience, but we are persistent. So if there are people listening 
that have z nothing growing and they have no uh, experience. They're, you know, we got a dozen chickens out back that drive me nuts because they're so loud, but I love them. Um, <laughs> and so if you're, if there are people out there that live, like, let's say they live in apartments or they live in like, you know, condos or high rises, or they're, it's just, uh, maybe their climate is a little tough or they have no experience. What kind of advice or pep talk would you give to someone that's interested in getting on board, growing their own food, but they don't know where to begin? I got four things. I hope I can remember all four that anybody could do to start building uh, their local food or a sustainable life for themselves. Number one is okay. grow some, grow something. Uh, even if it's a little tomato plant on your windowsill, even if it's just herbs on your windowsill, grow something that is a food. Mm. Um, you can do it very, very small. You can do it in an apartment. And so just grow something that you can eat. It empowers you. It's fun. Um, it's delicious. Uh, a little bit of oregano or something, uh, basil, then that, that you could use to yeah, flavor your food. So grow something that you can eat. Um, and the, number two is to learn how to cook something that you love to eat, the cooking from scratch, a whole foods, just become good at cooking one thing. And I'll tell you what unprocessed food is. Love this it. is how to tell what unprocessed food is. It has, if, it, okay. if you buy it and it's in a box or a package, it has fewer than five ingredients. All of those ingredients, you know what they are you know what the words mean when you read the ingredients you recognize the words right uh sh sugar is not in the first three of those words um and so that's a whole food but even better buy a food that doesn't have a label just buy whole foods and know how to cook something yeah. if it's a really good uh tomato sauce if it's uh the perfect roast chicken um just learn how to cook one thing whole foods and teach your family how to eat how to um eat it make make sure make something that everybody likes um and so you empower yourself yeah. when you can make real food for yourself and that you love the taste of it um if you have like i, I taught myself when i first started this journey i taught myself to love zucchini um, i was doing intermittent fasting at the time mm -hmm. i would um cook zucchini and mm -hmm. butter and i would it would be the thing i broke my fast with so after I hadn't eaten for like 16 hours, when I was super hungry, I would eat zucchini mm -hmm. every day for about five days. And I would think about that zucchini all morning. Like I <laughs> I craved it like you, like you would. Seriously. I was like, oh my gosh, I, I'm, I'm about to eat yeah. my zucchini. And I love zucchini to this day. You can teach yourself to love anything. Okay. Another yeah. thing you can do is make number three, I think, That's make awesome. a friends with a farmer. So if you're in my Ooh, community, make friends friend with me, I love it. make friends with a farmer, like yeah. talk to somebody who grows your food, buy, buy some food today with a person that you can look in their eyes and you can take the home food home and eat it that day. So imagine the um, energy of food. Food carries energy. It carries a vibration. Think how many hands that a mm -hmm. Pop-Tart has passed through before it got to you. All of the human suffering all of the animal suffering mm. um, that has touched that. If you um, think about eating uh, fast food and the people who don't get paid well 
and it's um, hot and unpleasant and they're probably all fighting with each other. You've, if I've worked in kitchens before. Um, think about, look at a farmer in the eye and buy food from happy people. There's a saying that you should never eat a meal cooked by an angry woman <laughs> because there is mm -hmm. bad juju in that food. So yeah, find, make friends with a farmer and buy food from that person who grows real food. Um, it's it's huge, and that is a local food system. There, you've got it. Um, people who spend money buying beets from us, we can use that um, to build new beds. We can use that to buy a second right. mobile and expand and build infrastructure. So their money that they give us today, we're built. We're putting it back into the farm. Like that'll be there for the community in the mm -hmm. future. Um, and number four is. Um, eat food with other people. It's almost mm. impossible to have a, be an enemy with somebody that you have broken bread with. There's a reason that people have yep. lunch meetings and, and sit down and eat food with people. If I, um, and I have done this before, cooked food for people in my family that I don't have a good relationship with, but I invite them to dinner. I mm -hmm. carefully prepare the food. And as I'm preparing it, I'm thinking about what they will like. And, you know, how they will, how this thing will yeah. delight them. And um, it transforms relationships. So eat food with other people, people that you wow. don't know well, yeah. even people that you might have trouble with. Definitely eat food with people that you love. But let's make uh, meals a, a, a sacred act again, because uh, food is wow. so important. So eat with other people. Yeah, that's uh, that's really amazing. You know, I at work today, I sent a message to someone and I, I said a, a similar sentiment. I was like, you know, remember that cooking is not supposed to be a chore. It's supposed to be the most important thing we do to connect with our natural landscapes and our community, you know. Um, and I love what you said, make uh, make cooking a sacred act again. Is that what you said? Yeah. I don't know if it's something you say often, but I just picture it on like the red hat with the white uh, font, <laughs> just like make cooking a sacred act again. Um, people are like, is that a Trump hat? It's like, no, this is this is way higher than Trump. Okay, this is make cooking a sacred act again. Um, well, I'm from I'm from Texas, and uh, in out in Marfa, there's like a huge like spiritual uh, thing happening out in like middle of nowhere, West Texas, and they have these shirts that say like make Marfa Texas again. Um, anyway, it reminds me of your thing. It's like, let's keep things uh -huh. in their rightful place. Um, so, okay. So speaking about um, cooking as a sacred act and getting to know people and being in community, if it's okay with you, I'd like to uh, talk a little about your, the spirit, the energy reading that I did with you. Yes. Um, so a couple weeks ago, or a couple months ago, I was talking to a friend of mine and I was complaining about how there was so many gurus everywhere I go. You know, there's people on my phone <laughs> that want to teach me how to make money in real estate. There's people that want to teach me how to make money with crypto and uh, people that want to show me how to be a, a life coach. And I mean, everybody's got a course for me. You know, I just am like so overwhelmed. And over the last few years, part of why I've started this podcast is that, you know, my wife and I have been 
actively trying to rewrite our futures. We have been, we used to work for the National Park Service, both of us. We quit that uh, government job when the mandate started to come in. I had already quit, but then she quit. We moved out here. Um, you know, I wanted to be at home with her. And so now I work remotely and she could have gotten a job back here in Virginia working for the National Park Service when we were in a bind a little bit, but we chose, she chose purposely not to just so that we could try to, one of us could dip into sustainable, um, disconnected income, like just entrepreneurial, um, to be in line with your, your money. And she tried really hard for a year. She did this incredible thing. She was the Roanoke Valley handy ma'am. And she would just go all over and do all kinds of stuff, doing drywall and organizing. And she busted her butt trying to do that. I would work with her sometimes. Um, anyway, it didn't end up being the right exact thing. Um, so now she has a, a job again. But it, we learned so much. And now as we look forward to starting a family soon, you know, I just know that I need to um, level up my income and I need to make that income exclusively from not an employer. I need to get my money from people in my community that I interact with, or it could be online as well. But I, I just want, I just know that the alignment, the spiritual alignment of my finances, it has to come next, you know? Um, and so I'm not looking for a job. I'm like trying to stay open to finding something soon that I can start using my talents and skills for that I align with. Um, and it's taking me longer than I thought, which is kind of annoying, but that's just the way it goes. Um, and so I was complaining to a friend and I was like, I, there's all these, everyone out there is trying to offer me something. And I was like, it's so frustrating. And then I listened to myself and I was like, here I am with this, scarcity of knowledge to help me level up. And I'm complaining about how there are too many people trying to offer me knowledge. <laughs> and I was like, what's so, that's ridiculous. You know, but if you go on YouTube, there's a million people that want to give you a class for something. So not everyone is in earnest, of course. But at that moment, I just heard myself sounding so foolish. And then I decided that's it. I'm just going to start taking advantage of every opportunity for a lesson that I can come that I come across. And you were, I think, the fourth person in a month that I uh, applied to have a session with or said yes to. Uh, and um, every single meeting I've had has been continually uh, providing me with such great insights. And I have a Vedic astrology reading uh, on Friday, and I hardly don't even know what that means. Um, but <laughs> it's been really a blessing to connect with these uh, different people. I did a tarot reading. I had like an entrepreneurial business meeting. I did a imposter syndrome course. Um, and then I had the meeting with you, which I quite, I wasn't quite knowing what to expect. Um, but I just wanted, it was so magical um, that time I spent with you. And so I'll, I'll stop going off now, but um, yeah, would you like to share a little bit about what the energy readings are to you and how you got into that? Yes, I would love to. And it, talking with you was magical for me also, uh, especially so because um, I had been listening to your podcast and I could read your, I, I just spent a lot of time with you 
And so it was so clear to me and you were so lovely. And I just, yeah, I feel like I get as much or more out of each session. Um, So my, uh, pretty much my whole life, I am very intuitive. I can read energy. I don't know how to describe it, but I kind of, I just know what, um, maybe not what people are thinking, but their vibe. I just feel it really clearly. And um, most of my life, I tried to shut it out. And uh, because I thought it was weird, people told me it wasn't real. Um, And so I just did a lot of things to distract me and um, to like block, to to block that off. And as I just started my awakening process about, you know, six, seven years ago, I just, um, I couldn't block it off anymore. I also feel like I do something, it might be like channeling. That word still makes me uncomfortable. But I felt, Paul, when I started thinking about you, as soon as you booked the session, but especially when I was uh, listening to your podcast and just thinking about you and your wife, um, I felt your guides talking in my ear in almost an annoying way. Like, they're just very matter of fact, but they were just like, tell him this, tell him this, don't forget to tell him this, don't forget to tell him this. And um, in the past, when I would hear those kind of things, I would be like, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to be a puppet for these voices. Like go tell him yourself. I don't, it's not my job, Mm -hmm. but it was just ego, Mm -hmm. you know? And I finally learned like, if I've studied Buddhism and in Buddhism, they say like inquire, when you have an idea or a thought, just go see if you can find the source of that idea or thought. Go find mm. the person who is generating mm-hmm. that thought. And you can't you can't find anything. Thoughts just come just like clouds floating in the sky. And these messages come just mm-hmm. like clouds passing by. And it's such a relief to me to get to be able to share them and uh I don't have anything negative to share. I don't know that I, I don't know. I, it just doesn't seem to work like that. But um, it was, it was such a relief to get to start just telling people these things that I felt like they needed to hear. And, and yeah, it was so exciting to get to tell you. I felt like I had get a little part in uh, giving you advice about expanding this podcast and like maybe making it public someday and go- going farther with it. I got a little part about yeah. like helping you and Catherine start your family, like to be part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so, it's so exciting. And so uh, it's my ego that makes me say like, I get to have my own ideas and I don't want to get these other ideas from, you know, it's, mm. it's a collective. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that anybody can, we can't have some people awaken and some don't. I think we all, we all awaken or none of us do like we are all connected. And mm-hmm. so uh, it sounds strange, but this is really my energy sessions are really part of all of the healing that I do. Um I get to yeah. give very less specific advice about food and what to eat and like preaching about my beliefs about farming and just really t- meet people where they are and talk about like calling their soul forward. Um, every yeah. single session has been different. 
um, people's guides that come to me are very, very different. People are so unique and so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And the main thing that I feel is like so much love. And I don't, it's not, obviously, I don't know you very well, but I just, when I'm doing the sessions, I feel, I feel like it's the love of your ancestors and your guides and all of the spirits mm -hmm. I, it's coming through me. And so I get to uh, be a channel for that. And it's wonderful. And practically, yes, it would be awesome if I could make money at that and quit my job. I would like to quit my job. It's not in, in alignment with a lot of my beliefs. I don't know. I feel like I need to be there because I am still there or still there for some reason. So I'm going to keep doing it for now. Um, and my yeah. energy healing sessions, I give away the first one for free. And honestly, I'm not like a chiropractor where I say, yeah, this was good, but you need to come back for six sessions because you're all jacked up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it doesn't really work yeah. like that for me. And I kind of think with a lot of people, like the first one is all they need. So as long as I give that for free, it's not a good business model, but I am assured that it's going to be fine and just keep doing it. And, um, that something will come of it. So I don't know if it'll be exactly doing sessions that'll make yeah. me money or if it'll somehow, I don't know, the farm is my primary focus. Um, but I, this is like something just for me. And I would love it if I could make money at it someday, just because then I could be completely free. Yeah. Well, I got incredible value out of it. Um, and I mean, I, yeah, it was, it was so, uh, it was so touching and it's a, such a vulnerable thing to connect like that with myself, you know, not only with you, but with myself. Um, and you know, you said something interesting. You said that when you first tried to ignore that intuition and keep those, um, bits of insight to yourself, it was your ego in the way. Right. And so it's funny because, you know, I think, uh, Part of me complaining about how everyone's uh, a guru now is me being annoyed that people out there think that they can charge for things. And I'm like, well, I'm I have skill, don't I? Why aren't I charging for any like sort of uh, class or something? But the truth is that I. Um, uh, what am I trying to say? I am. I have some insecurities and self-consciousness which is why i don't use my voice as much as i should and i think for a long time i, I and i'm unraveling this like right now in real time too listening you say that is that i would be like well i um you know i don't speak up or share as much or about certain parts of my life because i don't want to be in a space of ego you know um i don't want to like offer this insight or wisdom because I'm so humble and that's my my thing um but the tr but hearing you say that I, I can see that there's an inversion and it's like the ego is keeping me safe because I am not acting in the courage that it takes to move forward with my voice in the face of fear and uncertainty so true yes the ego is not our enemy and it has been keeping us safe our whole life. It's, it's, it's a scared and small minded entity 
um, and we're bigger than our egos. But yeah, um, I think the great uh, epidemic of our age is um, self-hatred and self-doubt and people believing that they're powerless and need to rely on corporations mm -hmm. and government um, to take care of them because they're not safe in themselves. And um, mm -hmm. the shame is a completely useless emotion and self-doubt mm. is, is really useless. Um, I can't see any, anything good that comes of those things. The way that people eat, the way that uh, the toxic conversations and uh, occupations that, pe that what people put their energy into, they know it's not good for them. Mm -hmm. it's, it's all a, a way of hating themselves, hating their bodies, hating mm -hmm. their minds, being afraid of their thoughts. Um, I, I am 100% uh, guilty of this for most of my life. I was running away from myself. I couldn't stand to be alone with my thoughts for five minutes. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't like it in there. <laughs> and yeah. Paul, you, you, that's, yeah, come into that's... your power. That's what you're doing now. Come into your power. Thank you. I, that's what this is partly about because this, you know, I, I feel like underqualified in some things. And I sometimes I listen back and I'm like, oh, I actually said something that was like incorrect or I misspoke in a way that was like, well, that was someone could fact check me on that. Or I was like inaccurate or anything. And I, I can get all caught up. Um, but I, you know, this thing that you're talking about, about um, the lack of self-love being an epidemic, you know, it it is. Um, I, I don't want to speak in hyperbole, but I just the words that keep coming. It's like that's the mind control that are from that is is from I think this institutionalized social engineering. I mean, I read uh, "Dumbing Us Down" by John Taylor Gatto, right? And that's a short book, and he was like talking about the school system and how I mean, he just laid it all out, plain as day. I teach. I am an award-winning teacher because I teach children that they are powerless and that they are in a caste system. And that yeah. they um, need other people for their every single thing, including when to go to the bathroom. And so, um, it's it's part of it's part of this collective idea that we are not magical um, beings. And what I'm learning is that you know, well, I, I feel like I've learned I've known it in different ways, but moving forward consistently outside of the comfort zone with my voice um, is the way to continue to find that strength and to find that like ancient wisdom that, that we all have. Um, there's just a balance. Cause I, you know, we don't want to go around, I don't know, being too like arrogant and like, this is how much we know or whatever, which is what I'm afraid of being perceived as. Um, but I'm curious. So, you know, this thing that you do with the energy readings is totally separate from the farm, which is like a whole other expression of, of personal <laughs> confidence and love for the community. Um, but the energy reading, was there something that happened in your life or with you 
emotionally or spiritually that that clicked you over the edge like a tipping point where you said i am going to express this vulnerable thing rather than just height holding it in and thinking that it wasn't for anyone yeah i'm trying to think back to when i um decided to start doing it officially um I did try a couple of times kind of awkwardly um, when I was like, I'm just going to try to tell this person what I think I'm supposed to tell them. And um, I did, I learned that you, you kind of need permission and that really helps by having people make appointments is that they're giving me permission to read their energy. Mm, Like you said, it's super vulnerable and I feel like I know you pretty Mm -hmm. well. And um, that, could be threatening to some people. Um, but a lot of it mm-hmm. was my yeah. um, friend. Uh, I have an amazing friend, Crystal, who is the friend that I met in yoga class who introduced me to Jared. Hmm. And she's my magical wow. friend. And I told her that I thought I could hmm. do this. And um, she stopped the car. We were driving. She was driving. She stopped the car and she said, okay, I'm having this problem with my her stomach or something she said heal me do it do me right now i was like what i'm not ready and Hmm. um she says like just do it Mm -hmm. and um she just gave me permission to try it and uh the next day i just started like i'm just gonna set up figure out how to set up appointment scheduling on squarespace and um, just start putting it out there but it's super embarrassing. It's cringy. I know almost everybody in my life thinks it's weird. Um, I just kind of have to get over that because they think almost everything I do is weird. Um, everybody except Jared and Crystal. And I guess you, Paul, um, most people don't get me. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I wanted to say- Well, you also, got three like, of us at least. Yeah. The the miracle that we found each other in, in, a, in a dark mm-hmm. place, Paul. I mean- I think it is confirmation mm-hmm. to me that you and me and now Christy that we also work with, that we have mm-hmm. come together and that we're connected. I mean, uh, it's not an accident and we're drawn together because we're vibrationally similar and uh, there's a lot more people mm-hmm. like us out there and we'll find each other. And yeah, I think if you can make your podcast more heard, like that'll be a way for people to find you and people need what you have to say. I don't know. That's what I found. People need it. And it has nothing to do with me. It's a good thing that it's kind of like channeling. I don't feel like I'm giving them advice. It feels very different. If I sit down and say, here's what Mm -hmm. I think you should do with your life. I do do that. I try not to do it, Mm -hmm. but I do do that. Like you need to stop eating this and eat this. And it's not really like that. It's kind of like, here's a right. words that I feel like somebody wants me to tell you and just opening myself up to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's awesome. You know, it's funny you're, you to be like, people need, people need it. Cause I would tell you the same thing and it just feels, sometimes it feels like, well, someone's out there offering already, you know, like how many, <laughs> how much, original thought could I really have, you know, or how, but like my wife says, you know, she's so encouraging and she's like, you can put, you know, we can all do this, but she compliments me and says that I have a a knack for it for, for, 
for connecting the web of ideas. You know, like um, I used to read tons of self-help books. Now I read different kinds of books, but I used to read like all the ones on the top bestseller stuff for years. And I could, uh, I could connect them all, which starts to happen. The more you like read the certain things and, um, I could go on about them for hours and hours and hours. Of, uh, and so she was, and she was a part of my life when I would be like, I would read multiple books before I would talk to her about one. And then it would be like, I would give her three book reports into one intertangled, uh, <laughs> monologue over a beer or whatever you know and uh and so she's like it doesn't matter if the information that you have is not already out there it what matters is that you are putting it together in the way that only you could you know and and we can all do that and we all should do that because that's how you reach a higher consciousness like what you're saying you know um and i'm sure it didn't hurt you know, finding this connection to your intuition and finding this connection to the land, both soil and soul together. I mean, the way you disconnected from the technology and the media probably didn't hurt, right? I mean, it had to have expedited yes. your wisdom by excluding all that content. You know what people say about TV? They go, I like to watch crappy TV because sometimes I just need to turn my brain off. And when people hear That's say it. that, it, what, it makes yeah. makes me so afraid. I'm like, why do you need to turn your brain off? Like, why are you willing? Why are you stepping into that box? Why are you just like plugging into mm -hmm. that matrix? You go, I need to just turn myself off for a while because I can't, I can't handle being me anymore. So I'm just going to go be this Netflix series. Um, that is weird. Mm -hmm. And yes, I believe the farm, the land made me, helped me to do this. It helped me find myself. It is, it speaks to me. Um, I belong mm -hmm. here and this, this land and the animals that I'm with every day, I learned so much from the chickens. I learned so much from being in the garden, the plants, the way it all works together. Um, I do feel like I'm being guided. I don't know by what, but yeah, it might as well be by the farm and the land. Um, and getting rid of that noise yeah, it's the... was huge. And getting clear from pharmaceuticals and mm -hmm. like not taking anything and getting clear from TV. I would don't have a TV in the house. Um, most mm -hmm. people in my life, when I visit their house, they in a guilty way, a shameful way, go turn off the TV because it's just on all the time, except mm. when I'm there. I mean, huh. mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Like being in a hospital, it's just TV is running pharmaceuticals nonstop. Yes. Um, so uh, what do you do? So you're doing all this work. You're basically, you know, he healing yourself and then pouring it all right back out into your community through energy healing or food or farm tours or you know what we do for work so what do you do for fun or what brings you joy uh what do you do instead of watch netflix yeah really good question i yeah it's a hard question for me i don't really know what um I would think it's fun. I don't guess I have a lot of leisure activity. Um, though like this being with you is a huge treat. 
uh, once a month, I go to a sound healing with crystal bowls. Um, that is super fun and healing. Uh, I had a birthday recently and I got a psychic reading as a, a self-care treat mm. for myself because I'd never had my birth chart read, kind of like you're, you're getting tarot for the first time. But I don't do, mm-hmm. uh, I don't need to escape from my daily life. I don't need to have a, a self-care practice or a um, leisure activity to escape from my life because I do exactly what I want all day. Mm. I spend uh, probably two or three hours cooking each day. And so that one's, that is huge. I really love cooking. I make sourdough bread. So that takes a lot of time. Um, yeah. Yeah. I used to be a huge reader. I majored in English in college. I have a master's degree in English. I love novels, mm. but I haven't re- read a novel in a couple of years. Um, because again, I don't need yeah. to escape anymore into novels. Um, I don't know. I love sleeping. <laughs> I fall asleep as soon as my head hits the pillow each night and um, sleep through the night. Um, yeah, I guess cooking. Uh, Jared is a very wow. good conversationalist and um, we help each other get, we helped each other get through COVID. Um, it broke a lot of mm-hmm. people's brains, including mine a little bit. And um, yeah. my ideas about the government and control and, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. whatever the big, the big bad has evolved very much over time mm-hmm. and um, talking with right. him for hours and hours uh, to have a partner that I can just talk and um, work things out. Like what you're trying to do with your podcast and like you do with your wife and like we're doing right now, figuring out mm-hmm. what we're becoming by with conversation. Yeah. Yeah, that's really beautiful. You know, I, I have that in my wife as well, that ability to uh, talk about um, everything, you know, just till till forever. I mean, we wake up and we just keep we just keep at it, you know, and that's that's part of why we've been able to uh, to sustain so much change over the last four years is because we uh, it's like constantly it's like a little gear that's just like rolling the tiny little gear is constantly moving and then a bigger gear is next to it and then a bigger and a bigger and it's like um a transmission of our momentum or something and it just never stops because we have the ability to uh to converse like that well you know i really appreciate this show that i'm learning you know you're my first like guest other than my wife but uh, that i can just speak freely about what i'm working on um instead of like i'm not like reporting on things really i just am like i I'm trying to rewrite the future. So it's, it's been great to have someone like you on that, that it models so many of the ideals that I'm inching towards. Uh, so I appreciate your example. Um, one of the things that I do is I, um, I love going to the brewery <laughs> and I, it's like, I know that I shouldn't be poisoning myself. Um, <laughs> and I am, you know, cutting back. Uh, but damn, do I love, drinking those craft beers you know um <laughs> and my wife's the, my wife's the assistant manager at one and so there's like basically you they don't accept my money um and that doesn't uh-huh. help um, <laughs> so sometimes i go to a brewery that i have to pay so that i have to just like have one and go home uh or well as many as i would like i don't just want to like hang out all day like the ones where i get it for free um 
so but it, and um yeah but there's always more work to be done in the garden the chickens always need more whatever they need some uh adjustment to the fence or something and so i appreciate your actual living example of someone who can disconnect from a lot of these things that are all normalized for us under the you know the engineering that we've all been under and you can fall asleep when you go to time to sleep and it's work when it's time to work and it's cook when it's time to cook. Um, and so, yeah, I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, I know we could talk forever, but what, is there anything else you, uh, you want to speak on? It's been, let's see, an hour 15. Uh, is there anything else you want to say? Uh, just that you are rewriting your future words are magic spells and what we talk about it comes to be like you can talk it into existence mm. and so yeah be mm -hmm. what you're you were reading um be impeccable in your word i don't know if you read the four agreements but it seems like something yep. that you would yep. vibe with so yeah be impeccable in your word you it's because your words are this is how you're rewriting your future um so yeah, to talk mm. about it, you are doing it. Don't say like, I'm trying, like you are doing it. This is it. This is your mm. work. So I just want to encourage you and mm -hmm. support you. I want to, yeah, let me know what I can do to help you keep going. You're doing it. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, um, I really appreciate your support and your wisdom and the conversation here. And also I know that you're looking forward to speaking with more people. So as you do, um, I look forward to listening to that because the people that you're talking to are going to be cool. And I, uh, I would definitely be interested in sharing more of your conversations. Yeah. If you have more coming up, which you will. Put, if you put our, if you have show notes or anything, put my website in there, they can sign up for energy healing there or go read about yep. regenerative uh, farming, lots mm -hmm. of information. And I'd love to hear from anyone. I think you should make this public someday, Paul. Yeah, I will I'll put the show notes. I know it's there. I mean, everyone can access it, but I'm like, um, some of the topics in the first one, I just went in there, but yeah, my, my friends, I have a section on here that I'm trying to do as well called, this is why I love you, which is uh, the episode my wife was on. And I have a many, fortunately I have many good friends in my life. Um, and so I have two of my buddies from high school or before high school that are, I'm going to have on with the, this is, this is why I love you and just talk to them. And, uh, and they're going to post it so that people in their life can hear it. So I'm getting there. I'm getting there to be able to stand more in my own confidence and stuff. I love that you're doing that. This is why I love well, you too. That like, th those are, that's great that you had that idea. That's, we should talk about that. That's important. Yeah, it's true. I, um, yeah, people in my life, I've, uh, I was around, um, death uh, you know, not like all the time while someone's like in front of me, but people that I knew have died in my life, uh, since I was a little kid, you know, um, and friends when I was just in like school and then of course family members and, you know, and so, um, and it continues obviously more and more, but I know that some people can go like many years into adulthood without somebody close to them passing away. And that's, that wasn't the case for uh, me and some of my community. And so, um, I feel like, 
fortunate that I can translate that into just telling people why I love them while they're alive uh, and give people a chance to have a platform, you know, because this is just my show. Like, it doesn't matter who comes on. I can bring my best friends from high school and just to be like, what's up, man? You know, um, there, ha- there there could be no expectation. And that's it's really nice. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it where it goes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, thank you so much. And maybe I'll have you on in the future someday. Oh, no, well, hopefully we I, come visit your farm as well. Yes. I love talking to you. I'll, yeah, I would love to. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot, Becca. All right. Well, that's it for today, folks. Thank you so much for listening. And if you would like to support the show, you can make a donation on PayPal. You can find me at Mr. Paul Bry at M-R-P-A-U-L-B-R-I. Or feel free to pick up a copy of my book uh, recently on Amazon called International Backpacking and Domestic Travel, What I Learned While Traveling the World, a Comprehensive How-To Guidebook. You'll find that link below in the show notes. Take care, thanks again, and grow food, not fear.